I'm Marian Kolbasek McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Welcome to another segment of our exclusive Executive Sessions interviews. Today I'm speaking with Ken Hunt, Founder, Chairman, and Chief Executive Officer of Vasco Data Security, a provider of authentication solutions. Ken will be discussing some of the trends that he's seeing in the information security marketplace and the threat landscape. Hi, Ken. Uh, Hi, Marianne. How are you today? Good. Thank you so much for joining us. You're quite welcome. So now, Vasco was founded nearly 20 years ago, and obviously a lot has changed since then when it comes to information security and the threat landscape. What's the most significant trend that you're seeing in information security and the threat landscape, and how is that landscape changing, and how is Vasco responding to that? When I bought the original company in um, 1991, it was an early uh, provider of strong authentication at a time when very few people even knew what that was. The first early adopter was ABN AMRO Bank in the Netherlands, and they were using our product called an access key to secure the online commercial transactions of their corporate clients. And for years, the only customers we had were in Europe. As time has gone on and with the introduction of the Internet, the online transactions are much more exposed, much more pervious. And so what we've seen is a dramatic change in the amount of uh, hacking attacks, the sophistication of those hacking attacks, and the awareness of the general populace about hacking. And the general awareness, suddenly, of what two-factor authentication is. And so we've seen just a tremendous increase in hacking, sophistication of that hacking from all places around the world and the fact that the general populace, customers of banks, customers of retail organizations now know that there's an issue and they're asking their banks, their retail companies, their own companies to do something about it. And that's an opportunity for BASCO. So now the security technology and services marketplace is very competitive. How do you distinguish your organization from other firms? Well, over 80% of our business comes from the the banking and financial services business. That's where we're expert. We have somewhat over 2,000 banks as customers. We have over half of the top 100 banks as customers. And uh, so we know that business extremely well. We have a platform that uh, we call VACMAN Controller on which we provide all our different products and services, and it's very, very stable, and it scales, and the banks like that. So now, as you mentioned, the banking industry is very much a focus for you. How is multi-factor authentication being looked at in other industries such as healthcare, do you think it'll ever become a standard in industries such as healthcare, for instance? And how do you see healthcare looking at multi-factor authentication at this point? Healthcare is one of our vertical markets. The strongest vertical market, of course, is what I've uh, just stated, and that's banking and financial institutions. We do have other vertical markets which are very robust, and the healthcare industry is certainly one of those. Uh, In the United States, HIPAA, is uh, one of those government laws that guides the healthcare organizations to protect the identities of their clients. And so depending upon where we are in the world, those rules, those laws are different, 
But in general, healthcare is a very strong vertical. Of course, e-government is also a very strong uh, vertical. Gaming, believe it or not, and I'm talking about uh, the gaming that you hear about, the virtual life, characters that are uh, played with games, uh, that's, that's a very big uh, vertical as well. So now, when it comes to the healthcare industry, how are they using this multi-factor authentication? Are they using it for financial transactions, or is it being used for patient care, or how is it showing up? It's it's mainly access to the patient's records. Uh, it's also remote access by the employees and vendors of the healthcare organizations to remotely access corporate networks. When it comes to your clients, are they using multi-factor authentication in your solutions? Is it primarily for their own employees? I know you mentioned vendors in the healthcare sector. Are you referring to business associates? How about for patients to access their records, for instance? Is that being something that's being presented to them, or is it something that's getting pushed back? That's not really within our control. The, the trend, of course, we're seeing is that... Um, the patients are getting more access to their own records, and to be sure that hackers aren't hacking into these patient records, the patients actually uh, are being equipped with uh, Vasco products to strongly authenticate themselves into uh, into their records. When it comes to U.S. trends versus Europe, what sort of trends are you seeing in terms of the changing threat landscape and how you may be addressing that? Well, as I indicated before, one of our first early adopters was ABN Amro Bank uh, in the Netherlands, and they were really um, the early adopters for considering and adopting strong authentication for their online uh, transactions. Uh, this has come on very, very slowly in the United States. Uh, in fact, the smallest part of our business so far is the United States. Uh, last year was about 8% of our business uh, in Europe, about 60, 65% of our business, 20-some-odd percent is in Asia-Pacific, South America, about 10 to 12%. But we are seeing a, uh, a fairly rapid change in the attitude of the businesses in the United States. If you look at the hacking incident like Target, Home Depot, and others, it's kind of uh, difficult to ignore it anymore. Companies are being hacked they are discovering that they've been hacked. They have to reveal that to the world. It's very embarrassing. And to fix the problem is in the millions. So I think no longer can the United States ignore that the fact that they have to do something to address the hacking issues, and they are doing so. Why do you think that the U.S. marketplace has been slower to embrace this, do you think? Yeah, Marianne, I've had that question countless times over the last several years, and I think a lot of it has to do with culture. Uh, the American people in general don't want to be bothered with having to take another step to secure their transactions. And American businesses, whether it's banks or retail organizations or online sales, they're very concerned about asking their customers to do something that might drive them to a competitor. So a lot of it's culture. Just think about it. 
insurance is used to insure uh, away hacking attacks or the expense of hacking attacks. And, and that's different in other places around the world. In, in Europe, the customers of banks, the employees, particularly the customers of banks, they don't mind doing something extra to protect their accounts and to protect their transactions. That is very slowly coming to the United States. Because of the target hacking attack, suddenly uh, everybody knows or a lot of people know about the EMV cards, Euro, EuroPay MasterCard Visa cards. This is uh, something that was implemented 10 years ago in Europe as a means to eliminate or reduce credit card fraud at the point of sale or online. This is now coming into the United States, but it's uh, only being half implemented. The, the idea behind EMV is those three credit card companies agreed on a, on a standard and a protocol. And so uh, when a transaction is done in Europe or uh, Asia Pacific and the user wants to use their debit credit card, they actually have to enter a PIN to conclude the transaction, just like an ATM. And even though the United States and many of these uh, companies are rolling out the EMV cards, they've, they've stopped short of requiring the four-digit PIN to be entered to conclude the transaction. So it's kind of slow going. Uh, but um, I have faith. I have faith that my American uh, associates will see the light and do the right thing. What's the major reason for the pushback on the PINs here in the U.S.? I do not know. I, I think uh, other than the businesses being concerned, being fearful that asking the customer to do one more thing might turn them off, uh, might uh, have them go to a competitor. In fact, I've even read that the, on, the, the bill pay, the point-of-sale bill pay uh, that you've read about, the Apple Pay, etc., isn't as popular as everybody thought it was going to be because it's easier with a credit card if there's no pen and all you have to do is tap the device or run your credit card through the device. It's easy. It's very easy to use. And if there are any problems, the businesses have insurance. Now, we talked a lot about hacking. There's also reports that insider attacks seem to be more prevalent than maybe before. What are you seeing well, I think insider uh, attacks have always been present, and they have different motives. Sometimes they're trying to spirit away money. In some cases, they're being vindictive because they're not being treated right uh, in their in their workplace, and they want to do something that is punitive to their to their own organization. Other than that, I guess people are motivated by a number of things. Finally, Ken, to wrap up, how would you describe your leadership philosophy? Well, my personal leadership philosophy is uh, born of my background. I played football at a Division I level university, the University of Miami. I've been in sports my whole life, and I know that the way teams, whatever the team is, soccer, football, basketball, etc., they're successful if they all have a common goal, and they all execute their positions. So to a large degree, I like to think of my company like a big team. 
Everybody knows what they need to do. Everybody is encouraged to do what they have to do. They're giving resources to make sure they do what they have to do. And as long as we execute, we're always going to do well. Thanks, Ken. I've been speaking to Vasco Chief Executive Officer Ken Hunt. I'm Marian Kobasek McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.